following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Well, 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 how is everyone doing on this fine morning or afternoon? If you're, if you're listening to us live, how's everybody doing on this fine Saturday morning if you're not listening to us live? Well, how are you doing when you are listening to us? This is Todd Kunin. To my right is Denise Dirks. How are you, Denise? I'm doing really well. Outstanding. Like Ready a, for the show. Outstanding like a farmer in his field. The bad dad jokes start already. Uh-oh. We're getting it. And, and behind the glass is Mr. Cal Hunter, who was doing, what is that? The, I the, don't know what the that's called. Carrot, the carrot, the something. something. The cabbage patch. The cabbage patch. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was yeah. doing the cabbage patch move when I did the bad dad jokes. So. Hey, what else? I mean, I mean, why, why wouldn't you do that? Bad dad jokes, bad dad dance. It all works out. Sure. On assignment from us today, that is the technical term for he's not here today, folks, is Fred Penny. He is off. Um, as he often says, gallianting around, but gallivanting around the country. I don't know where he's at today, but I do know that uh, he's, he's either in the great state of Idaho or the great state of Utah, one of the two. Yes, yes, and I think he's adding the great state of Ohio to his list of favorite states. Well, soon, yeah, but I, yes. think, I think he's uh, you know trying to drum up some more Radio Law Talk affiliates in the Intermountain West region. That he is, and uh, as always, when Fred is not here we miss him dearly because uh, every one of us has a role to play denise is the one that keeps us all to uh she keeps us all grounded fred is the one that uh, plows us forward you know always has his eye on the prize and i think uh i i i'm cal is the one that keeps us technically all here fields the calls and i don't know what i do i'm just sort of the court jester off to the side <laughs> Make snarky comments about the rest of us. Yes, yes, that, that's, that's an important role. That, that's that's my that's my that's my that's my lot in life. Actually, when growing up, I was always the one that was the functional equivalent of a television set. So, really? Yes, I I was. I, I you know well, his mother would whack him in the head to change the channels. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, the stories have been told that when I was three or four and the family was watching the TV, I'd look around at the family. Wait a minute. Why is everybody paying attention to that idiot box over there? And I'd get up and walk in front of it. Like, notice me. Notice me. And I and I wondered why my older brother and sister ganged up on me a lot. Shocker. Hmm. So, uh, but that has nothing to do with the law. This is radio law talk, not radio. Let's talk about Todd talk. So, um what do we have on the agenda today, Denise? We got so I, I we have a lot of a lot to talk about. We've got things about Roman Polanski. Yes. We've got a um, sexual mistreatment lawsuit. Yes. We've got uh, we've got a couple of those, don't we? Sexual mistreatment, sexual uh, assault allegation. Yes. Uh, one is true. one is Luke Walton with the Kings, and the other one was uh, uh, against. Um, it's it was by ex- Laura Loon, and she's filed it against the current CEO of Fox News. Yes. But let me tell you something. I, you know, I uh, <laughs> the one I got Luke Walton is the one that really is um, 
shocking to me because it, it, this one breaks the mold, in, in my opinion, in the sense that normally when you see these, uh, the, these sexual suits and then you see the alleged defendants like the Harvey Weinsteins and the others, right. they're hideous looking people. Right. The, uh, the 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 alleged defendants are like, <laughs> you know, you, that, that, that's the only way you get, ever do anything is try to use your power because you're not going to get any looks. But then you get Luke Walton, um, good looking guy. You know, do you have a man crush on the new Sacramento Kings coach? I, I, I will neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> but uh, that explains the kittens. <laughs> ouch! Ouch! How many? That was too easy. Uh, hold, hold on. How many? How many times nominated there, Cal? Just three. Three-time Emmy uh, Award winning. Never. Never. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so kind of like the Kings. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Ouch! Ouch! But yes, that's you know. So that that's going to be that's going to be an interesting development there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Also, we got family feud. I'll call that the the family feud when it comes to Powerball. You'd think that, you know, they say money can't buy happiness, and that might not true that or that might uh, be true. But you know, when people do rake in the millions, we got a, a woman who won that was a ninety million or no, she's ninety. She won a multi million hundred million dollar plus uh, Powerball. She, she and actually won the largest in Powerball ever. Well, before the current winner. Now she's suing her kid for mismanagement of funds and uh, yikes. You know what? Money can't buy you love. <laughs> no, it, it, it was that. That's a Beatles song, right? No, it's actually money can't buy you class. <laughs> well, no, well, that's true. That's true. That's not a Beatles song. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> can't buy me class. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. can't buy me class. I, I, we just can't go there because there's too many things that rhyme with class that'll get me in trouble with the uh, FCC. So, um, at any rate. At, I wish folks could see. I wish folks. I wish we had a Denise Cam. Wouldn't that be awesome, Cal? If we had a Denise Cam, yes, yes. just to see the facial expressions anytime we say anything remotely close to questionable, and to see the eyes get as big as plates, and then and then they narrow, <laughs> and it's like if that were a gun, it's cocked and loaded, ready to go, and I'd probably be dead right now for some of these looks. I'm just glad that looks you just, really. You would just be very severely hurt. Yes, I'd never kill anybody. <laughs> un- un- unlike unlike that, I'm glad the Motley Crue song is not true. Looks cannot kill. She's got the looks that, okay, uh, now that's a flashback to my heyday in the day. We also have case or no case. That is sort of our uh, our flagship program. This is the one that everybody wants to hear about. For those of you that are new tuning in, and, and this is our second week in some areas, I almost said jurisdictions. Is that a lawyer not a lawyer thing to say? Venue. We have our venue <laughs> in our jurisdictions, and then we have all of this stuff here. We'll talk the amazing law talk here. Uh, so we got Salem, Oregon. Okay, that's right. that up in that area, and then Catanning, Pennsylvania, over that's Western Pennsylvania, just uh, what about forty-five miles from Pittsburgh, I think, in that area. And so, if you are listening again, Philadelphia, I believe. Phil, uh, I, I, no, I think it's Western Pennsylvania. Oh wait, the, so it's, Philadelphia it's, is a different one? Yes. yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, this, okay, the new okay, one's okay, from okay. Pittsburgh, okay. Yes. close to Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, yeah, apology, apologies to those people in Pennsylvania who just heard the. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, it's all Pennsylvania. It's all close together. My my guess is eastern Pennsylvania and western Pennsylvania, uh, you know, 
have their rivalries a lot like Northern and Southern California do. But they're not that far apart. It's no. not a huge state. Well, that's true. That is that is true. That is true. But what we have here is case or no case. So for those of you that are listening for the first time, uh, this is where Cal tries to stump us. And we could go in more with the descriptions, or Cal, we could just say, why don't you get it set up? Why don't you tee it up for us? Now it's time to play right. Case or No Case. Yay! By the way, next hour, Double Jeopardy. But this hour, I, we, we have about a minute to get this set up. So I'm going to now take you to Florida, to the former home of a formerly very prominent writer. And uh, that would be Ernest Hemingway. The property uh, is also famous for its resident population of polydactyls. Yes, polydactyls. Some 40 to 50 of these unique animals call the grounds home. And it all started with one by the name of Snow White, a white polydactyl that Hemingway received from a sailor in the 1930s, a gift from a sea captain by the name of Stanley Dexter. Uh, Now, Mr. Hemingway favored polydactyls because they were considered to be good luck in their day. And uh, so... I tell you what, because of our time here, let's, unfortunately, let's do that. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to, to even ch- fill out the setup here, so I apologize for that. But you're going to want to hear this. These polydactyls, they have a fascinating history, and uh, you're just going to like it. So it's not ter- it's not pterodactyls. No, no, no. As those poly- being those being uh-huh. extinct. No. Polydactyls. So the case or no case of the polydactyls yep. is coming up, and Cal will tell us dactyly what is going on. How you like that one. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Stay <laughs> tuned. There's more Radio Law Talk, including the finish of the setup of Case or No Case, right after this. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to prolawfirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to prolawfirms.com. That's prolawfirms.com. Pro 
Firm.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now, back to your host, Frederick Penny. And standing in for Frederick Penny is Todd Cunin. What? I, not standing. I'm sitting in. I'm sitting in for Fred, and, and I've even taken his chair. It's, it's the chair of power. But apparently the chair does not actually transfer any actual power. I'm just deluding myself. So uh, we are in the middle of case or no case, and Cal was in the middle of the setup for that. So we will return to that here just you know right after I say every time we come back and we play that music I'm taken back to my childhood because it's too much time on my hands yep. by sticks right which is kind of what this show represents I, I think I yeah. love yeah. that song I love sticks Isn't that yes good? yeah I told you the bass players from Redding California Enterprise High School uh, you know so it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. that is at, at that any is. rate Ernest Hemingway yes Ernest had, had polydactyls when Ernest Hemingway died one of the provisions of his will was that his polydactyls be cared for at his estate. His estate was since turned into a museum. And so there were 40 to 50 of these little polydactyls running around all over this estate. And the neighbors decided that they were actually an animal exhibition. Because people would come to the museum to pay to see Ernest Hemingway's where he wrote and his desk and all that stuff. And so they decided to take legal action by going to the United States Department of Agriculture (laughs) to file a complaint with them to try to get the polydactyls taken care of through federal channels. And so I ask you, and I think I'll start with you, Denise, case or no case, and the first question, do you know what a polydactyl is? Well, I know it's not a platypus. <laughs> I was just really having a hard time trying to spell it, to be quite honest. P-O-L-Y-D-A-C-T-O-L. O-L. Y-L. 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 Okay, I was off by polydactyl. two. Polydactyl. Okay. Yes, okay. So, you know what a polydactyl is? No. Todd, do you know what a polydactyl is? Well, yeah, I don't know what a dactyl is, but I would imagine that a polydactyl means several of them. Todd um, has kitty. A polydactyl <laughs> is a cat with six toes. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Okay, so, I do know so what So that now is. there's the hint, and, and it is a genetic trait, so if one cat has it, there's a 50-50 chance. Uh, by the way, uh, polydactyls are normally on the front paws of cats. In very rare occasions, they will be on the back toes, but almost at 90% of the time, they're on the front toes only. So Hemingway is alleged to have had a whole group of six-toed cats or cats carrying the six-toed genes. And people said, well, these, these animals are performing animals because people come to Hemingway's house. So case or no case. Oh, my gosh. And remember, federal court, United States Department of Agriculture. Agriculture. That's what I couldn't right, right, remember. Right. What USDA. Said, Department right. of United Ag. States Department of Agriculture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
These aren't these aren't easy. <laughs> no, this, this is a this is a very hard case or in a case. Hey, remember you guys can call in. She's at stalling. Law Radio. She's stalling. Come on. <laughs> but you, but you, or but, but, tweet us but I'll at tell you, Radio I'll, Law t- Talk. I'll tell you, I will I will do a little fill while you stall and think of your answer. You can call in, and for those of you that want to participate but really don't want to go on the air because there are some people that you know just They're don't want to have their shy. shy they, yeah. they 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 don't want to have their voice on the air, yeah. you can call in, and the call screener, Cal, will take your call and and will convey your answer on the air. Or you can also use Twitter to let us know what your answer right. is yes, if you use the hashtag case or no case. Now, sometimes there is a delay with Twitter. It's not always immediate, but if we do notice that case or no case uh, hashtag has been put up, we will go ahead and... Um, That's the band vamping. Okay. Okay. Yes. We will go ahead and put that on. And now I'm getting the sign that Denise is ready for her answer. So we, we have filled, we have filled, we have stretched the Very time. And Denise, done. what is your answer to this case or no case? Well, I do believe that that um, the United States Department of Agriculture has jurisdiction over performing animals. And they have to make sure that they do. But we all know that you can't make cats do anything. <laughs> right. So you can't make them perform or anything. So I'm going to say no case. Oh. Okay, well, that was a good uh, group of conclusions, Denise. Very well done. Uh, I took longer filling than we actually heard the answer. <laughs> well, so, and she thought about it longer than our yes. answer, but that's all right. So re- refresh my recollection sure, here, Cal. Sure, so yeah. just because in all of the my hijinks, mm-hmm. I've kind of forgotten what the question is. So, um, so we've got the the polydactyls, right? Right, and somebody is trying to save them on Hemingway's estate. Yeah, Hemingway specified in his will that they should stay there. Okay. And uh, and they did. And they did. Pretty and much, except they started wandering the neighborhood. And, and then you know, who's coming in? Somebody's coming neighbors. in to try to get neighbors, and they're trying to get rid of them? Neighbors are saying these are performing animals. Department of Agriculture, get rid of these cats. Okay. Well, I am going to say that this is a case, but I'm going to say that the neighbors lose... Um, because as long as Hemingway paid for them with the estate and all that, I don't think that the neighbors have uh, standing to come in and take away the property as long as they're cared for and taken care of. Cats will roam. That happens, and I believe that's been recognized in the past. So I'm going to say it is a case, and the neighbors who have sought to involve the Department of Agriculture and federal court lose. Huh. Fascinating. So Denise says Cal just made it up out of kitty fur. Yes. <laughs> right. And Mr. Cunin says, yeah, it's a case, and the Hemingway estate prevails. Yes. Is that what I'm? I that just want that to make sure is what I'm clear. going to say. All right. I want to make that clear. Uh, okay. Well, we have a minute left, and I have to decide: do I want to give the answer now, or do I want to wait until after the break? You know, I want to wait till after the break. Me too. Because yeah. because I want to give folks an opportunity if they're listening to tweet in to tweet your answers. This is going to be a longer break for us at the bottom of the hour. We usually come back. I mean, it's we, it's we, a five minute break. Yeah. So we're, so we're back at about uh, thirty three at the bottom of the hour ish. So you got about four or five minutes to go ahead and tweet in your answer, or you can go ahead and place a call. What's that number again, Denise? It's 855-LAW-RADIO. Okay, and you'll note that there is uh, actually one extra letter there. By the time you're hitting the O 
in radio, the phone should already be dialing. But let us know what you think. We'll be back after these messages to find out what Cal has done. More on Ernest Hemingway's polydactyl cats when Radio Lot Talk continues. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at PennyAssociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussion... You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now, back to your host, Frederick Penny. All right, Cal. So I know everybody is waiting with bated breath. Does that mean breath that smells like worms? Well, I was going to say I was going to say it's 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 breath that smells like cat food given the uh, All right. given the subject matter that we are facing here. What's what is the verdict? Oh, yes. Yeah. So the, the very quick setup, Ernest Hemingway had a bunch of cats with six toes when he had a state in Florida. Of course, he came to a rather unglamorous end in Idaho with a shotgun, but that's a whole separate story. We're not here to talk about that. But uh, Snow White was the kitty cat's name, a kitty cat that he got from a a sailor, and six-toed cats were considered to be good luck, considered to be better mousers, and I think they even called them, I'm not sure, like Mitt Cat or uh, some kind of special name they had for them. Anyway, so some neighbors took them to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, claiming they were performing cats. And uh, Denise said the whole thing is fake. Is that I mean, have that correct? 
Well, it could be true facts, but there's no case. Okay, and Todd says true facts, true case, and the neighbors win? Lose. Lose. The neighbors lose. The the Hemingway estate prevails. Hmm, And I wasn't specific. I mean, maybe the Department of Agriculture says, you know, go pound sand. We're not going to get just Hemingway estate prevails. Okay, so now those of you who say it was a case, that would be Todd. Oh, brother. Uh, Okay, that would be uh, that would be this. That would be that would be congratulations. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. It was in fact a case. Now, for those of you who say that the Hemingway estate prevailed and that the cats remain at that place to this day, that would also be Todd, right? Yes. Oh, Todd got two. Interestingly enough, the U.S. Department of Agriculture. But they did order the Hemingway estate to put up a fence, a cat-proof fence around the estate so the cats wouldn't get out and wander. So they did that. They kind of feral-proofed the cats and have to keep the population between 40 and 50. Oh, good. So they did that. Uh, And therefore, the answer to case or no case is yes, it is a case. And yes, because the cats still remain, I'm going to give Todd the points. The Hemingway estate prevailed. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. So so what's our point total at now? Well, that's a great question, and I knew you would ask me. (laughs) Uh, Fred Penny, who's not with us today, has 36 points. Denise Dirks, who is with us today, has 38 points. And Todd Kunin, who likewise is with us today, has 24 points. Oh, 26, because he just 20, got two. So I got two. I'm sorry, 24 plus the six that he just earned. And that, ladies and gentlemen, and I, was, I don't have one that says Todd, 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 Todd. 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 But nonetheless, that is case or no case for this hour. Well, I keep loading one up that says Todd, 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 but then Fred keeps going in and deleting he it. He takes so. it out of my yes, system. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to stay. This is Florida, right? And the Hemingway Estate in Florida. And we are going to stay in Florida. Next hour, by the way. Yes. Very quickly. Another cat-related case or no case, but this time from Georgia. Okay. Okay. That's all I got. All right. I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like that episode of Cheers where Cliff Clavin went on Jeopardy. Cliff Clavin from Cheers he went on Jeopardy, and the categories were mother-son relationships, Florida, <laughs> postal service trivia. <laughs> so if we're going cats, yeah. I might have a chance. Going postal. <laughs> yes, all right. We're, we're, but we're going to stay in Florida because this next case, uh, the case we're going to talk about, is uh, about a Powerball winner out of Florida. And Denise, how much did she win? She won 270. Well, actually, she won more than that. Yes. But she settled um, by getting... Uh, paying taxes on it and getting a lump sum and after the lump sum it was 278 million jackpot and she won the Powerball six years ago when she was nine, uh, 84. 84 years old. Yep. It was a $590 million jackpot. I think at the time, one of the largest, if not the largest at the time. It it's was since, the largest. It's since been uh, superseded. Uh, this back in May of 2013. And she took home $278 million, gave half of it to her son, who promised that he would care for her for the rest of her life. 
easy promise to make when she's 84. You know, to quote C. Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons, who knew you'd go on and live another four decades? But uh, so he'd care for her for the rest of her life, and she he was also going to invest some of her money, right? Well, what happened is he got an investment advisor, yes. and him and the investment advisor invested both of their monies, um, and they invested in what they said was her goal, which was just to keep the, the principal steady and not to lose money. And they invested into bonds and different type of investments that would have been considered very conservative and not um, something that's going to bring in a lot of money. And it, But it was not risky either. Yeah. So the question becomes, um, when you're of age, 84 to 90, is it smart to do you know, smart investments that are low-income-producing investments that won't lose money, or should you take more risk? Well, yeah, and the other question that I have is, if she had 278 and gave half to her son, which, I, and it was unclear whether she gave half to her son to invest on her behalf, or she just gave him half, and then she kept her half and then asked to to invest her half. Either way you slice it. So what's half of two what's half of two seventy eight? Was that one hundred and thirty nine million, something like that? Yes. At eighty years old, eighty four years old, I'd think you could take two hundred and or hundred and eighty nine million, put it in the bank. Hundred and thirty nine million, put it in the bank and just live off of that for the rest of your I I think just going out on a limb here I think she'd have enough to get by because that's tax-free. She'd already paid the tax on it, right? So I think she would, but but she sues her son. She sues her son, and she sues the financial advisors for breach of fiduciary duty, breach of contract. The breach of contract means uh, son has to take care of me for the rest of my life, and I've given him half of my lottery winnings, and exploitation of a vulnerable adult. That would be like elder law abuse or elder abuse, that type of stuff. And what happens? She files this complaint, she serves her complaint, and they ask to dismiss the complaint, and the court initially dismisses it, but does grant her, this is in in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, does grant her leave to amend her complaint now to allege more properly um, what her causes of action are against her son and the financial <laughs> advisors. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around this one here. Let's get this straight. Now, we have covered financially based crimes on this show in the past. Johnny Depp is one that comes to mind. And usually the common theme in all of these mismanagement of funds cases are allegations that the people trusted with the money have stolen the money, have been too risky with the money. The long and short of it is money that they expected to be there was taken and now the pot is gone. Okay, that is that is basically the previous allegations and everything else. And it's a plot to every bad money movie ever written. Exactly. Exactly. It's either bank robbery winnings, it's lottery winnings, it's stock market winnings, it's a business, it's something. In this case here, the allegation is I'm not suing you because you didn't steal anything. I'm not suing you because you invested it in risky investments. I'm suing you because you didn't make me as much money as I wanted to. You made me, you invested in some of these uh, 
safer investments. So I started out with $139 million, and now I only have $145 million. If you'd been more aggressive, I could be $170 million. It's just suing because we didn't get enough. Well, <laughs> suing because they effectively preserved her estate exactly. you know, and, and uh, her wealth. Most financial advisors would probably tell you the older you get, the more risk-averse you become. You want to preserve the original nut, right? I mean, if this wow. case, if yeah. she prevailed on this case, and this case started to became any sort of precedent-setting uh, type case, financial advisors would be darned if you do, darned if you don't. You're either too risky or you're not risky enough. I'm, I'm talking this logic here. If you map this logic over into, say, a, a sexual harassment lawsuit, it would be the functional equivalent of suing somebody because they didn't harass you. <laughs> because I'm sitting here. You know, every was it everybody's suing this guy because he put his hands all over everybody and I'm suing because he didn't think I was cute enough to harass or whatever. That's the functional equivalent of this here, and it's just mind boggling. We had a case or no case like that. We had a case or no case where the employee sued because they weren't getting the same, you know, familiar type conduct with the boss. Yeah, the, right? op- the office interactivity between a male and female employees and the boss. Yeah. Go figure. Well, you know, look, lottery affects families in odd ways, and that's what happened with this one, and they're going to have to live with the consequences going forward. We are almost at the end of our, we're, we're hitting the last quarter of our first hour. We'll talk about some more cases when we come back. A lot of fun stuff coming up. Don't go away. You're listening to Radio Law Talk on your favorite radio station or online. Hey, uh, don't forget that you can go to RadioLawTalk.com on your phone, on your PC, and you can flip over there and listen to any of our previous episodes of Radio Law Talk. And there's no charge yet. RadioLawTalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. 
Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. All around the world, the world. This is RadioLawTalk.com. Radio Law Talk. And now back to Radio Law Talk. Here are Todd Kunin and Denise Dirks. All right, everyone. So, let's talk. We're going to keep it here with the uh, with the similar, well, we're, we're going to keep it here to a topic that keeps coming up. Uh, we're talking about Roman Polanski. Now, for those of you that don't know who Roman Polanski is, he is a, a Hollywood director. He's got about 38 directorial credits under his belt. According to IMDb, he has over 300 films or IMDb credits combined as a director and an actor and whatever else they call a credit on IMDb. He's very uh, well-known in the industry, but he hasn't been to the United States in a while. That's true. And he... He, you, do you know that he was nominated for 28 Academy Awards, um, and he uh, was also Best Director nominated for six, and he won Best Director for his um, directing in The Pianist. Okay, that, that's right. Then that was with yeah. uh, oh Adrian, was it Adrian Brody? I, I don't know. He was in Predators. He was a great actor. Great actor. Great but, actor. Uh, and 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 Roman Polanski was also really well known for be, um, doing Rosemary's Baby at a time when that was almost a taboo type of a subject. Yes. Um, so he's 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 been in the news a lot, not just for being a director, but he's also been in the news because his wife um, Sharon Tate was killed and her, his unborn baby was killed as well uh, by the. Manson, by, yeah, in, by the Manson the, group. By the Manson group. Uh, in 1977, well, actually, uh, 1974, he directed a film called Chinatown, Jack Nicholson. Oh, yes. And um, three years, this, this is what got Roman Polanski in hot water, legally speaking. Three years after Chinatown at a party at Jack Nicholson's house, it was alleged that he took advantage of, provided narcotics to a 13-year-old girl, had intercourse with her, uh, was ultimately charged with six counts, um, sexually-based accounts, one including in, including rape, um, and reached a plea deal with the prosecutor for one count, the other five counts, to be dismissed. Now, the plea deal was reached as part of the deal he had to undergo 90 days of psychiatric evaluation, um, and upon release, after 42 days in custody, the deal was he would then be sentenced by the judge to probation and credit for time served. He had no additional time. But... Somehow, the defense team got wind, heard through the grapevine, heard somehow that the judge had made a comment that it was the judge's intention that when they came back for sentencing, despite the plea deal that had been agreed to by the judge, 
that the judge was going to throw the deal out and sentence Polanski to 50 years in prison. Somebody had quoted the judge as saying, I will make sure that he spends the rest of his life behind bars. Right. So then um, he gets to, he, he escapes, goes out of the country to a country where he could not be um, uh uh, extradited, know, extradited yes. back to the United States, and he is tried in absentia. That means his trial goes forward, and he is found guilty, and he's not present when he's found guilty. That's right, and you know, and it's questionable, I suppose, whether or not they even needed to try him in absentia, because he he had already agreed to it. I mean. This, this is a, a, a bit of a background to talk about how the criminal process goes and why, arguably, Polanski didn't need to leave even if everything that he had heard was true. Because there are two separate phases in a criminal trial. One is, if you plead, one is the plea of guilty or the determination of guilty if it's trial by jury. And then the second part is sentencing. And oftentimes in a plea deal, especially on a case like this, somebody will go in and let's use let's use May 1st as our hypothetical date, for example. Somebody goes in, pleads guilty or no contest to a sex offense on May 1st. The matter is then put over probably about a month and a half for sentencing. And during that time, the probation department will come in at the court's request, and do a full workup of the history of the case, the history of the defendant, what went on. They'll talk to the victims, the victims' families. They'll take everything and prepare what's called a probation officer's report for the judge to review. And, and it's it's almost like a recommendation, although it's not... The, ju- the judge does not have to follow that report. That, that's true. The judge does not have to follow the report, but in the report, it will also include what the terms of any plea deal was. You know, maybe if it in this case it was uh, 90 days of psychiatric evaluation, credit for time served for the 42 days he served in prison, and then probation going forward. That will all be included in it. And then the judge gets this probation report, reviews it, and then let's say we're using our May 1st date that he pled, June 15th rolls around for the time of sentencing. Everybody comes back. The court looks at the document and then uh, asks the defense has anything to say, asks if the prosecutors have any additional comment, does anybody in the family want to make any statements they're allowed to make, and then the court will impose the sentence. Most of the time, it's along the lines of the plea deal. Now, here's the important thing. If the judge deviates from the plea deal, in this case, it was alleged to, you know, he's afraid it was going to be a huge deviation, credit for time served, to 50 years in prison. If the judge deviates the plea deal, then the defendant is allowed to withdraw his plea. And we start back at square one with having to determine whether or not he is guilty or innocent of the charged offense. The judge can't come in and say, I realize you pled guilty based upon an understanding that this would be the punishment. I'm changing it. Since I already have your guilty plea, you have to do 50 years prison. That is not the procedure. Cal. And yet did not one of President Trump's circle 
have that very thing happen to him with a federal judge where he'd enter into entered into a plea agreement and the judge said I do not accept this plea agreement you're going to prison uh, did that not happen just last no, recently or, or he, was that a threat yeah that that is Manafort and what happened right, is it right. was determined that Manafort had breached that's right the fee agreement so that's what didn't bind the judge anymore that, that so, so the, so the mm-hmm. deal in that case was well, it the was, judge alleged that he breached the plea agreement no not alleged the judge found okay the judge ruled yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. And, and and that is common. So that's called a conditional okay. plea. Okay. We will agree to X, Y, and Z so long as the defendant agrees to do A, B, and C. Yeah, we'll right. clear that up. But what are people to that's remember right. that? Right. And so so that's what happened in that case. In this case, there was no such uh, there was no such case, and and he fled, and arguably he didn't need to. But, I, I totally agree with you on that. I was so stunned when he fled. But now, today, what's going on? Why why does this all come back and re- rear its ugly head? So, historically, since the time, a lot of people in Hollywood came to Roman Polanski's, Polanski's defense at the time and, and have lobbied to get him to be able to come back to the United States, claiming he's a great man and all of that. Um, and then the Me Too movement hit in the last couple of years. And when that hit, Polanski's crimes were brought back to the forefront, and he was expelled from, was it the board of the Academy, uh, of the Motion Picture Academy? Well, yes, that's what happened, And, and but I wanted to get to the when he actually got um, uh, invited in uh, to join the director's branch of that entity. I think that's important to know that it was December of 1968, so he's been in that's right. this academy for four Forty years. That's right. And 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 what <laughs> happened is, on the heels of the Me Too movement, he was then because of his involvement in what happened back in the seventies and what was alleged to have happened, was expelled from that. And he was expelled at the same time that Bill Cosby was expelled. Yes. From that same agency. So what's this? This is really the question. What is the administrative process that you have to go to to challenge that expulsion? So he's, he's claiming there has to be some sort of due process, which is interesting because due process only applies to the government. But there's there still has to have been a, a way to expel him. However, in order for him to challenge that, he'd have to come over to the United States to challenge it. He's not coming to the United States. He's not coming back. So well, he doesn't really have to. He could, his his people are doing it for him. So he has filed an administrative mandamus, which is in essence an appeal of the decision of the expulsion. And now he has to argue that he has to have the opportunity and have his due process rights done. And he's arguing that he was denied those. And we are at the bottom of our or coming up to the top of our next hour. The first hour is in the books for Radio Law Talk. We'll follow up with Roman Polanski later on in future episodes to see if he prevails on this. It remains to be seen if he's going to get his spot back. Don't go away. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk, Incorporated.